FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. We're all together. We're excited to be here with you for this um, season six. What episode are we in? I don't even know. Episode five. It's going so fast. (laughs) And three of us. Now, uh, you're going to hear, for those of you who are listening in audio, uh, we have uh, uh, Alyssa and Justine as well with us. So you have to be able to to distinguish between the voices. We can all speak in harmony. How about that for the entire Uh. episode? So you can distinguish between us. That's really, um, it's it's a, ple- a pleasure and a privilege also to have this episode. I think it's the first time we're actually doing an episode together. So we're going to figure out the, the, the dynamics as we go. Yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm really nervous <laughs> for the first time. I'm outnumbered, I feel like. Yeah. I'm just excited to sit back and listen to you two speak. This um, is going to be the good. The wisdom that pours forth will... Swim in it. Nah, it'll be really cool. <laughs> Very excited. Anyone have anything exciting happening to them this week after, like, well, probably not so much because we just we've just come from in and out of lockdown. I know you've got something exciting to talk about. You went to what? the gym today. <laughs> I did go to the gym. I was so I want like every time I go to the gym after a lockdown, I just want to go and hug the machines. I'm not so weird. <laughs> okay, did you go at eleven fifty nine p.m.? <laughs> no, no, the gym's opened at six a.m. this morning. And you right. were there, right? I was there soon after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's not quite an obsession. You're no, reason- no, you're reasonably it, obsessed. Reasonably, yes. <laughs> Can you be reasonably obsessed? Is that that's an uh, uh, anti axonym and anti moron on the anti something? Did you just call me a moron? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But um, yeah, great news. We're out of lockdown, and Father Rob's gone to the gym. I'll go tomorrow. I'm so I'm sure Justin will be. Well, now that you've both said it, after. I feel really obligated to go tomorrow. <laughs> so I guess I'll go too. <laughs> but it is awesome that we can be all together for this special bonus episode of the Catholic Influencers podcast. We have a hot topic today, which we'll get to after we talk about a whole bunch of other different things first. So we might just jump into this week's gospel, which is from the Gospel of John. It's chapter 6, verses 60 to 69, and we are preparing for the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. So here is the gospel. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? And what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, the flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is a, 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 big, a bit of a dilemma. 
seeing where Jesus is. So I think there are two things to being presented here. The first thing being presented is is the uncompromising teaching of Christ, that you either take it all or you take nothing at all. That's one. But the second thing was that Jesus was saying that following him and living for him was more important than having crowds. I'd rather, in other words, have a few people who are committed than thousands and millions who are lukewarm. And so this is where we come to this this point. And it's it, it just interesting. The discourse is about the Eucharist. And he's talking here, uh, interestingly enough, uh, about what it means to eat the flesh and drink the blood, even though it's not in the scripture uh, of, of Jesus. And so it was a very discomforting thing even for his disciples to hear. Yeah. And it, I guess, why was it such a revolting and discomforting thing? I think in, in the Old Testament, there's so many examples um, of what the Old Testament, what scripture says about the consumption of flesh with blood. So if you look at Genesis chapter 9, Leviticus chapter 3, and Deuteronomy chapter 12, you can see that in Jesus' time to eat someone's flesh, it it literally meant like a a vicious attack. And it kind of went, they weren't supposed to eat flesh with blood. So it it kind of went against everything that the disciples had known about, about the way to practice their religion. And so, yeah, of course they were going to question Jesus about it. So there's this, like the Eucharistic side, but also the word that is used for eat this flesh. Even when we say, take this all of you and eat of it, the word actually in, in the, the Greek word is to gnaw, to chew like an animal, you know, like grazing on a, on a bone. It's like, it's gnawing on, it's taking every part, not wasting anything. And so he's, in other words, he's talking about there's the, the Eucharist, but he's also saying that Every part of me, you have to belong to me entirely and I have to be part of you entirely. And so it's just, yeah, at, at a difficult point, it was, first of all, I think it's difficult for them to understand. But let's talk about the context also of when this happened. This wasn't at a time when Jesus was popular. It wasn't at a time when Jesus had a lot of followers. He actually was left quite with a few followers already at this point before bringing this point here. It's really good to reflect on that because I think I just default to seeing Jesus like at the feeding of the 5,000 mm-hmm. and without realizing it, I think I've really romanticized Jesus' place in society. And then well, all of a sudden, you know, he's arrested in the garden and he goes, but that's not the case. Like there is a period where there's this slow descent of his popularity. And, you know, for us, we read of it in one <clears throat> passage, but it was really felt by these disciples, like especially even the ones who walked away, but for the ones who remained, that was also a confronting reality. And I wonder if that also influenced whether they stayed or left. You know, oh, geez, guys, like this is really not looking good anymore. Like, yes, because they like the, to explain to the listeners as well of w- what is happening there is that you have Jesus at his height of popularity a few weeks ago, at least you know, in the Gospels a few weeks ago, where there's the uh, the processing in and, and the people are just excited to see him. The miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. The pickled fish. The pickled fish. <laughs> <laughs> the Every episode. Hey. <laughs> so he was very popular at the time of the pickled fish, multiplication <laughs> of the pickled fish. But you fast forward, you fast forward here, and he's starting to get persecuted. He's starting to lose a lot of followers. He's in a marketing perspective, he's at the bottom of the curve. And what does he do? Does Jesus try to get back up again into popularity? Does he think, okay, I need to say something here to make sure I get more followers? 
He doesn't really. Like he goes in with what's kind of said to be one of his most controversial sermons and you can see the disciples thinking, like you said, well, what the heck is he doing? Like, yes. Um, so but what does Jesus do? He doesn't, he doesn't really water down anything that he's saying despite the murmurs of the disciples, does he? Exactly. And so he's coming, he's like at the worst, at the bottom of, of the ditch, and he's saying, hey, rather than let's climb out of the ditch, he's saying, let's, I want to dig let's this. Let's go deeper. Yes, I want to <laughs> Swim dig up, this. Jesus. Swim up. It's probably what <laughs> yes. some of them are thinking. And he's coming up with this Eucharistic discourse. And he say, and, and the disciples are thinking, Jesus, are you serious? Can't you realize that you're losing people? Be careful what you say. Be careful what you teach. Try and water down your teachings so that you can at least have some followers. But Jesus doesn't. And what does he do? Actually, he goes to the people who are at the core and he says, do you want to leave also? Do you wow. want to leave? Wow. And so he was never, Jesus was never, and the follower of Jesus is never. Jesus was never about popularity. He was never about uh, getting disciples and followers, but he was about finding people who were ready to surrender everything, to, to lay down their life for everything, for truth. For, and this is hard and it's the same thing today people a lot of people cannot follow jesus not because they don't understand jesus it's that sometimes it's too hard to follow jesus it's so much easier not to totally and i think um every time we do this no doubt i'm just so challenged like i'm preaching to myself here <laughs> but the notion of um faith being built on conviction and not conditions really became apparent to me and, and was something I was reflecting on in my own life. Um, but our faith has to be built on conviction, which is not reliant on every perfect condition. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, faith built on conviction is not on the condition that I feel God 100% of the time or that everything makes 110% crystal clear, um, you know, understanding all of the time or that I have all the answers all the time or that it's safe all the time. Um, if your faith is built on those conditions, you will walk away mm. because that's not realistic. That is, that's actually not going to bring life. And therefore it's not God's truth because God's truth only brings life. And sometimes pleasure and comfort doesn't bring life. Um, so I think if you're convicted and if I'm convicted that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, then that's what I have to be grounded on and really dig my heels in is his truth, not on the conditions of my feelings or my circumstance. Because if that's the case, like I said, we will walk away because it's almost like that scripture. Of, it's like you've built your house on sand and when the storm comes, it's going to blow over. Um, it's, I, not, it's not about building on on even like the, the religion, the teachings of the church, and it's yeah. a, all of that makes no sense yes. unless you have this mm. conviction. And what is conviction? Conviction is only possible through encounter. Encounter is only yes. possible through relationship. Yep. And yeah. so this is what again Saint Peter had when they asked, "What, what do you want to leave also?" And what does <clears throat> Peter say? He says, "Like, where am I going to go? You're my life. You know what I mean." <laughs> It's like, yeah. you're my everything. If, if you take that away, even though I don't agree with everything, Jesus, right now, and I'm pretty upset with you right now, <laughs> I'm going to stay with you because I have nowhere else to go because yeah. you're my everything. You're my world. And wow. you can see what Jesus is doing here. He is calling the disciples to that deeper conviction of faith. He really is because he's saying to them, he's challenging them with his faith. And he's trying to tell the disciples that... Um, 
they shouldn't, his followers shouldn't be making Jesus to conform to their standards of what they think he should be, mm-hmm. but they need to conform their lives to what, um, to Jesus's teachings. Because as he said, you know, the fl- he's comparing the flesh, which is like the human standards. And, and then he's also comparing Jesus's teachings to the words that give spirit of, and life. But how mm-hmm. difficult it is, eh? How difficult it is sometimes to, to like to trust that God and that even the church is, is giving us the truth. You know, I, mm-hmm. it's like, I always see even my relationship with Jesus. I, if I were to define my relationship with Jesus, I would use one word and that is a wrestle wrestle. Mm-hmm. That is my relationship with Jesus. I fight with Jesus every day. I argue, <laughs> maybe not physically, but I <laughs> argue with Jesus every day. I, 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 sometimes I don't want to speak to Jesus. You know, sometimes I, I, it's not that I'm, I'm grumpy and I'm always fighting, but it's just like, it's such a struggle sometimes to, to watch people, the suffering and to, to, even with the teachings of the church, which we'll talk about a, a little bit later. But and the thing is, Peter was wrestling. We, we witnessed the wrestle of Peter right there with the teachings of Jesus. And I know even in the tone, he wasn't agreeing with Jesus. Because Jesus wouldn't have asked him, do you want to leave also? Mm. Because he knew about their murmuring. He knew about, even amongst the disciples, Jesus has gone crazy, he's gone bonkers. <laughs> uh, but like, let's try and talk to him. Let's, let's have an intervention to Jesus, mm, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It can sometimes be received as really like, oh, that's nice. Or that's really easy when you read the scripture. But sort of fleshing it out a little bit. Um, breathes humanity back into the disciples. And I think just to um, elaborate on what you said, I think it's just important to name like faith isn't always a straight and upward trajectory. And I speak from myself and I'm, I'm, you know, I want to love God. Like without God, my life is nothing, but it is hard. And it looks like an oscillating line, like a roller coaster most days. But you know what? Even the disciples themselves, the ones who, who could, was so close they could touch Jesus at that time. Even they experienced that sort of up and downness of their faith. And I just think like this is what real raw relationship is. Like think about the closest relationship in your life. Is it a straight and upward trajectory? Like it's just not. Mm. And so we shouldn't be afraid if there are times where doubt creeps in or even frustration or uncertainty or questions because sometimes that can be a marker of a, a true relationship when we're comfortable to sit with God and say, I'm angry right now, or I have questions for you right now. Like ask any married couple, <laughs> yes. you know, that's the reality. Um, but because it's committed, because it's grounded on truth, it's grounded on a covenant, it's grounded on promise. You, you don't have to be afraid to ask those questions. God wants to He wants that intimacy, like, and dare I say, not disrespectfully, he wants your anger. Like, if that's where you're at, don't hide it from God. There's no point. He knows. Like, he knows your questions of your heart. He knows our heart. So don't don't bother hiding it. Give it to him. He, He can take it. Um, That's what, like, Bishop Joe, who used to, a a bishop, our bishop before, and he used to say this. He said, don't be afraid to be angry at at God. He used to say, God, Jesus is man enough, he's strong enough Mm -hmm. to take your anger. He's not going to hide in a corner and say, oh, my goodness, Rob's angry at me. God doesn't call me Father Rob. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's not going to hide in a corner. Rob, I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) My grandfather used to call me father. It was so awkward always. And I used to tell him, Grandpa, call me Rob. And he used to say, okay, father. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that old wrestle 
thing. And it's part of, it's a natural part, but what comes out, it's, it's, I think what is important to, to say and to note is that the wrestle part's okay, but we need to do something yes. about that rest, do something about that doubt. Mm. Um, and I think it's often out of those moments of wrestle and out of those moments of doubt that we experience the most growth. Yes. yes. And yeah. I think it's important to keep in mind as well that a lot of people left, a lot of people left. And, and this is the reality again of the church today. A lot of people leave. And we can, you can call that um, sort of defection, you can call that apostasy, you can call that whatever you like. But a lot of people leave the church. Uh, a lot of people leave Jesus. And sometimes, very often, it is because of the teachings. It is because of what Jesus is teaching. And I want to point out quickly just two things, why people leave. One, one is that because very often we give, we as a church, especially having worked in youth ministry, I think one of the biggest disservices we give to people is that following Jesus, all of a sudden, your life is going to be awesome. <laughs> your life is going to be amazing. <laughs> Look at me. Your yeah. life isn't going to be perfect. <laughs> and it is wrong. It is Because and then what happens is the minute difficulty comes, and then what do they do? The minute that they realize, how, oops, this train is heading to the cross. Like, uh, they think, I'm feeling, sorry, you lied to me, and they get off. Yeah. So what Jesus was being clear, hey, just that you know, now's your chance to get off the train because it is going to go to the cross. Yeah. And so that's number one. The second thing is that sometimes we walk away from Jesus without even knowing. Sam Samson, I think it was, who was, uh, the scripture says, the spirit of the Lord had left him and he did not notice it. The spirit of the Lord left him and he did not notice it. You see, it was a slow fade until he reached to that point, all of a sudden, where he's lost the spirit of God, he's lost his relationship. Now, Judas uh, had a relationship with Jesus. He was close to Jesus, but eventually we think of him all of a sudden with Last Supper, boom, he's lost all his faith. No, but it was a slow fade, a slow compromise, a slow compromise until a point where it doesn't, it's not worth following Jesus anymore. Because it costs too much, it's, it's not worth it. And, and you're just literally in a place where the price is, is, is not, it's not worth the investment um, of going to the cross, of getting to heaven. Mm. Yeah, wow. Totally. It's so interesting. Um, it could just be my love for alliteration. But um, <laughs> again, this idea of co consumer Catholics really came to mind as I was sort of reflecting. Um, it's one word, two meanings. Then there's one kind of consumer Catholic that you want to be and then there's another kind of consumer Catholic that you don't want to be and you know what being Christian being Catholic it's not about doing actions it's not about doing the routines it's not about doing the rituals or ticking the boxes like God is not interested in our actions in our rituals without relationship the point of the ritual the point of the actions is and the teachings is not them in themselves. It's that Jesus is calling us to intimate relationship. That is the sole objective of those things. Um, so if we miss that, if we just simply tacitly obey or tick a box, we miss the the relationship. So I think on the one hand, you know, we don't we don't want to be that kind of consumer Catholic, um, mm. you know, because approaching the Eucharist or even reading God's word that won't transform us if we're just doing it out of habit or because exactly. we think we have to. And I think that's a very good point to bring mm -hmm. out that how do you know if you're just doing the actions? It does sometimes feel like, yeah. Lord, I'm turning up to prayer today. Like, Well, that's that's not because I think a part of, of the practice is being generous with God mm -hmm. to pray, mm -hmm. even though I don't feel like praying, to go to yeah. Mass, even True. though I don't feel like going to yep. Mass. 
talked about the gym earlier. You know, <laughs> sometimes you go to the to the gym um, even though you don't feel like it. Now I go to the gym and I see people, a lot of people going there literally, and uh, this happened again today and frustrates me so much. People on their phone. And they just stay there. Now I have my phone to take selfies, but I'm not on my I phone. I was going to say, I think you've responded to nice <laughs> no, I do. my text messages. Yeah. <laughs> I take, I, I put my phone away, and then I, in between, uh, half halfway through my workout, I, I you get need my to take, phone. <laughs> you need to take a foghorn. You're losing the point. Take Sorry. a foghorn to the gym, and when they're on their phone, no, just blow the foghorn. But sometimes people are even are just talking on their phone, like for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So they're at the gym, mm. but they're not at the gym. Yeah, and so the, the, and so they're not going to see results. So it's the same with us. We yeah. do the actions, but we're not. We're. It's not about you see. If you go and you don't feel like and you don't feel like you're getting results, but you're still working out, then yes, you're going to see results. Mm. But you know, it's just action when you stop seeing the fruit of God totally. in your life. Yeah, because it just becomes about you being <clears throat> present and you you being there and just showing the actions, but inside. Not allowing it to transform you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's not about those instant results like I prayed 32 times, therefore I should have. No, it's that real, honest, genuine growth within. And so just to finish that consumer Catholicism remark, like, so that's the kind of consumer you don't want to be, but you want to be a consumer Catholic who goes wholeheartedly to the scriptures and consumes them as though they are the word of God, which yeah. they are. And Peter says it like, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the word of life. Like how many times it took me too many years to open my Bible. Like it's the word of God. It's not just an optional extra. It is the holder of life, you know, within the scriptures. And so be a Catholic who consumes that, who is transformed by that. Take your questions to, to the scriptures, to God through the scriptures and be a Catholic who doesn't just watch the Eucharist happen or watch Mass happen, but be consumed by it. Consume the Eucharist and be changed by it. So one consumer you want to be and the other consumer you don't, you want to avoid being. Exactly. Gosh, I love that. I love what you said about, um, you know, the Word of God and the Eucharist. I think it's important to know that there's importance in in both of those mm. things mm-hmm. and that's why they have such a prominent place in the Mass and definitely active participation within the Mass Um and check out our mass course that is going to explain all of this. Yes. this is going to be awesome. Hey, so um, our mass course is out now and Woo. this is incredible. It, Father Rob explains every single part of the mass. I learned so much putting this course together and I can't wait for you guys to, to experience this as well. It's just going to make your hunger and thirst for the mass just um, what's the word I'm looking for? Increase. Increase. There's always a word I can just never get out on these podcasts. <laughs> Far out. But um, yes, speaking of courses, have a listen to this word from our sponsors. FRG Ministry presents our new online course subscription package. As a member, you will receive digital on-demand access to FRG Ministry's growing library of online courses. FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more, with new courses being added regularly. 
All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com forward slash subscription. It is time for... It's time for the mystery, the mystery box. box. I, I love the price on the bottom of the mystery box. Expensive box, expensive? $15. Oh, that's, no, but that, 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 that doesn't count for the little mystery box. For those of you who don't know what the mystery box is... That one, if you want to explain, I feel like you know this the best. I mean, it's just an insight into my the wild entrappings of my mind. But um, essentially, the mystery box is a new segment, and the three of us have been um, tasked with the challenge to frequent every single two dollar shop on the face (laughs) of Melbourne's face and um, pick the most random objects, and particularly the ones that are somewhat unexplainable and unnecessary. Like, I don't know who would buy that, but I'm going to buy it right now. And essentially what we do is we unbox that item, we put it into the mystery box and set the challenge before each other to try and guess. So this week I chose, I did something, I'm just a warning, open it gently. Does it bite? Maybe. Is it alive? Maybe. What? Okay. Can we get a clue? Another clue? <laughs> no, wait, wait. Um, so, but, um, who has to guess? Both of you have to guess. I reckon both. Yeah, yeah both. I think both have to guess. I'll take it You're out and you can guess. <laughs> okay. So, here it is. This is something I um, I purchased and they have to guess what it is. It's a very underwhelming response. Okay, describe what you see. I can. I don't even know how to describe this. I think I just need to show it. <laughs> There's a few... Things. Oh, you've done it again. Why is this so complicated? <laughs> so there are four black, black Four things. black things that look like hair cones, <laughs> but they're not. I need more adjectives in my vernacular. Gosh, I have Yes, no it looks idea. like a comb on all sides. Is it like a fancy version of a hair clip? No, it's not. Wait, do they clip together? They... So there's four of them. They Do they snap together? You're smiling. You're so satisfied with yourself. I know you're not going to get it. You're not even close. Can we have a clue? Well, it's something, it's nothing to do with um, hair or anything human. It's an animal thing. A dog, it's a, a dog an comb thing, yeah. to like comb hair off a cat that sheds a lot of hair. <laughs> no, <laughs> because I have a cat that sheds a lot of hair. It's a deterrent. Oh, you put it on something that you don't want them to scratch or eat. It's no. a weapon. It's a frisbee. <laughs> it's a. Um, it's an aeroplane. Yeah, is it okay. a bird? No, it's actually really like therapeutic. <laughs> We're just gonna spend the rest of this episode. Just... So, for those of you who cannot see, I'll go to YouTube if you want. But the, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna reveal what this is. Okay. okay. So this is a, a weep hole blocker. Sorry, pause. Uh, what? what is a weep hole? You know when you have a house, in Australia at least, there are holes all around the house, like a holes. My house doesn't have yes, any. Yes, all houses in Australia have them. Right. So they're weep holes. They're called weep holes. That's so the humidity of the house can go through. Okay. okay? So what, that, what happens here is you get a tool, 
and you put this inside the weep hole <laughs> and so that mice and and insects don't go into the weep hole into wow. the house. Wow. Wow. I never would have got that. No. <laughs> I am going to as soon as we stop this podcast I'm googling weep hole. So do you want two and I'll take two. <laughs> Make sure the warehouse is covered. Wow. Okay. Well, congratulations. We will That was so clear out of you've never guessed mine. No. Okay. I still Just maintain last week's was a toilet hold. Toilet paper holder. <laughs> so what's going to happen with these is we're going to pop them in a grand mystery box and at the end of this season we're going to give these away so yes you want to win you won't these. recognize <laughs> your house's weep holes with these <laughs> ladies and gentlemen get ready and thanks to those who have let us know that they are sending in mystery box items um so exciting it's really cool it's Thank like you. i feel like send in your we not a mystery box send in your mystery box i send in your random items but please there's a budget we literally we cap it at like two or three dollars yes so, don't, um, please don't spend a lot yes. of money on this. Well done, Father Thank Rob. you, Justine. <laughs> okay, so let's listen and understand what God wants to tell us through this week's Saint. This week's Saint is Saint Monica, and we are celebrating her feast day around this time, which is why we've chosen her. Now, she was born in 331 in present-day Algeria, which is in Africa. She's Saint Augustine's mum, but she also had like a pretty cool life herself well not cool while she was living it but cool I guess in the fact that she got to heaven mm. um fun fact that I found out that I didn't know <laughs> and a- these two laughed at me because <laughs> <laughs> do you want to reveal so what, how dumb though. I was did Go. you guys know that Santa Monica <laughs> is named after Saint Monica <laughs> I'm so sorry to all of our American listeners I've actually been to Santa Monica a few Mind times blown. and I <laughs> No, I just thought it's a nice name. I didn't think it was actually. Like, I would love the to have Saint been Monica. there in your brain in that moment, like Santa Monica, Saint Monica. Oh my gosh! Literally, literally that. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for your humility and confessing that. That's okay. No I'm not afraid of being shown to be a bit dumb. That's fine. No, it's good. No, not at all. Not at it's, all. It's called. It's that's how it's called revelation. Eh? Yeah. You just know just that little bit more of God. Yeah, yeah I feel much smarter. So what else can we say about St. Monica? Um, she was married off very young to a guy called Patricius and he was a Roman pagan and actually her mother-in-law lived with them. And so St. Monica's mother-in-law and her husband had quite a violent temper and she really struggled with that. And I, her husband really wasn't keen on her Christian life and her Christian practices, but wow. he still respected her beliefs. <clears throat> the other thing is they had three children, two of them entered religious life and the third child was St. Augustine who actually resisted coming to the faith and surrendering to God. There's always one. There's, There's always all, one. Yeah, there is. And hey? it, it goes back to the thing like that he, he struggled he, not with the intellectual side of things but he struggled with the moral side of things. Mm-hmm. He was ready to accept it intellectually. In fact, his conversion came through the intellectual side. But then, yeah. But uh, I love St. Monica. It reminds me of my mom as well. I, I love my mom's still still praying and she still prays for our family. But, you know, uh, yeah, I just see, like, uh, my mum's prayer is so powerful. And mm-hmm. you mums out there who are praying for your children, pray for the intercession of St. Monica. She's fighting for you. She knows yeah. She knows your heart. But I, and there I, is but, a good end to this story too, though. Even though St. Monica's life was hard and her husband and mother-in-law and one of her children wasn't so much into the faith. So after 17 years, her son Augustine came to the faith and eventually 
became a priest, bishop, doctor of the church, and um, which we've spoken about what that is before on, so on that the podcast. That escalated quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. And her husband and mother-in-law were also Patricius had a conversion Stop one laughing. year before his death. So I think St. Monica is a great model of of patience and perseverance and prayer. Um, and she's such an encouragement to anyone who's praying for someone to have a conversion and, and to, to come to the faith. Totally. Mm, and yeah. praise God through her life. And I think a really good witness of someone whose faith was based on conviction and not condition because you can really give up after 17 <laughs> years of praying and she didn't. So Yeah. And she, she prayed for 30 years for... Whoa. for um, Saint Augustine. So it's just like yeah, wow. Well. That's good. Now, a question I have that I thought <laughs> Tell I us. thought that she was a nun. Did she? Did she become a nun? <laughs> See, my argument is no. I, I don't think she did become a nun because I, I think there's similar stories with Saint Rita and okay. Saint Cecilia who had they all know, difficult nuns. marriages and and husbands who, and children who went into the faith. Maybe we can have a vote. I think she became a nun. <laughs> I'm gonna be a but I couldn't go. I googled it. I couldn't nun? find. I couldn't find it anyway. So she probably didn't. Someone anyway, let us can know. Vote. Otherwise, there's gonna be dissent in the trio, and I just want peace and harmony. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so once again, thank you to our ministry partners. This is only possible because of you. Let's just listen to a word to, from our sponsors, our ministry partners. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program, where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com slash donate. Thanks so much to our ministry partners. So now we're going to move on to our topic of the week. Now, I know you like alliteration, Justine, and give you it said to me. consumer Catholic. I'm going to give you another C alliteration combination <laughs> of words. Um, today's topic is cafeteria Catholicism. Well, so I'm hungry. can we pick and choose which Catholic teachings to follow? Can mm. I just say I appreciate that food has been a theme every <laughs> single podcast I've been on. Um, yeah, we just need actual food to nibble on while we're here. So when you send us a mystery box, send us some food, cheeseburger, please. Because I think this is so common amongst Catholics who who sort of they're Catholics, but they don't necessarily embrace the entire teachings of the church. Now, it doesn't mean we don't uh, we need to under we need to understand it all. It doesn't mean we have to agree with it all. But like Jesus at the time of this discourse that we heard in the gospel, he was telling them it's either all. Or nothing, and some people, yes, they stay. They define themselves as Catholic, but in actual fact, they're not. They're not living the Catholic faith. They're not believing the Catholic faith. They're not. You see, even at every mass, we pray the creed. Yeah. We 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 actually describe what we believe in, and so uh, that's our manifesto. That we're there. We're actually declaring in front of everyone that we believe and then but then there are things like we, we don't believe mm. even though we're declaring we do mm, yeah. and so can we do that mm. how do we do that should mm. how do you deal with doubt mm. when you have questions about what the church teaches mm. do you know it's really interesting just a very short side note um in the mass 
or in the scriptures, there's a passage that says, I believe, oh Lord, help my unbelief. Mm. And um, actually say that no matter how much I think I understand, I know that there's a degree to which I will never comprehend God in his fullness. And so especially after the Eucharist, you know, I go back and like, I believe, oh Lord, help my unbelief. It's just, anyways, that's just no, a little No, I do the same note. thing. I, yeah. I, I love that prayer. Um, it's a song too. Oh. I can't remember who sings it. But then that's taken from the centurion. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the centurion right. says, that's right. Lord, I believe, but please help my unbelief. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I guess in doing research for this episode, I, I was really surprised to see how many different articles there were about, you know, people who would label themselves as a cafeteria Catholic. And they're um, proud of it. In a and sense. proud of it. And I was, I, was, I was reading this and I was just shocked in a mm-hmm. sense. And, but I guess it's really important to kind of find out where does where does this come from? Where does this cafeteria Catholicism come from? Mm. And I think it comes from let's call it out bad catechesis. Some people just simply don't follow church teaching because they just simply don't know what it is, or you know they haven't been taught it well. Yeah. Um, I came across this quote from um, Fulton Sheen that says there are not one hundred people in, in the United States who hate the Catholic Church, but there are millions who hate what they wrongly perceive the Catholic Church to be. And I think yeah, whenever I talk to people at um, and people ask me about my faith who don't necessarily know too much about it, they're always, I hear the same common misconceptions and it's li- they literally don't really understand what the church yeah. is teaching. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that we, that I, I, I don't understand everything the church teaches. I, I don't necessarily agree with everything the church teaches, but it doesn't mean I don't hold on to what the church teaches. It doesn't mean I don't trust the Lord. It doesn't mean I don't wrestle with the Lord about it. Mm. But I have to I have learned as well to trust the Lord in his wisdom and then the church and the mother mother church in 2000 years of wisdom to have more understanding, more knowledge, more discernment than me in my 21 years of life. <laughs> 21. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Good one, Father Rob. <laughs> no, it's I, I think um this is not the answer, but I think one of the facets of really kind of um, contributing to this discussion would be that I think our our honest, deep intention is really, really important before God, um, particularly if we are genuinely asking questions or genuinely have doubt or challenge. Um, in Proverbs 21, it says that God weighs the heart. And I think that's, that's it's such a um, beautiful metaphor of he just knows our heart and, and the ponderings of our heart. So I think, again, we said this a little earlier, but you can have questions, I think, when it, especially in this context, when it comes to church teaching, you can. And, and you can have doubts. There's no one slapping you on the wrist and saying, go to your room, you've got a doubt. That's, that's just not the truth. You are allowed to do that. But I think for me, it's this um, integrity of being honest with your intentions. You know, am I asking this question because I'm really grappling, Lord, like I want to know, I'm desperate to love you and I'm desperate to know the truth and I want to follow you through this, but it's really confronting right now and I'm still trying to understand. Um, or are we asking questions and maybe stepping away because um, it's a bit inconvenient? You know, it's a little bit too uncomfortable for us. And so, um, you know, maybe it's not for me for now. There's a really big difference between um, those two intentions. And I think, um, yeah, if, if we start to pick and choose based out of really bad, uh, misguided ulterior motives, I think what we come to have is is a really like a form of genetically modified Catholicism, which is not 
the truth, which is not God's truth. It's our version of what we want it to be. So I think that's just a, a little reflection. Yeah, no, I love that you said that. And I think I'll, I'll touch on that last little point that you made. Um, it, it even says this in, in today's gospel. We can't really mold the teachings of the church to fit in with our ideas of what religion should be. We need to mold our lives to fit in with the teachings of Jesus and, and the teachings that he's revealed through his church as well. So mm-hmm. Super important. The church is open to all. Yes, all are welcome, but it's not on our terms. It's on it's on Christ's terms. And study, study, study. Get yes. to know why the church teaches certain yeah. things. Yeah. Like why does the church teach uh, uh, things that I'm not going to be specific because I don't want to. This is not the point of this. Mm. But open your catechism of the Catholic Church. Understand, research, watch YouTube videos from reputable sources. Yes. Um, check why the church has said this and also keep an understanding that there's a difference between opinions of the church mm-hmm. and dogmas of the church and also and then official teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that we think are teachings of the church and we think are being taught for certain reasons like and get make sure you understand invest time if you are if you truly if you're truly searching you need to study you need to research you need mm-hmm. to find out why the church teaches it doesn't just wake up the church wakes up one morning and thinks ah i'm going to we're going to have this teaching no because at the end of the day the teachings of the church come from scripture mm-hmm. they come from the words of jesus yes. from the word of god they come from the the tradition capital t that the way we've practiced but also it comes from the human dignity understanding the the importance of life and the dignity of 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 humanity and the world around us mm. so it, at the end of the day it's all the teachings of the church bring us to freedom and not limit us from freedom yes yeah i might just add one more point um i guess in to bring it back to food um, <laughs> did i mention can... i was hungry <laughs> no it's getting to that point where we need to eat soon um but talking like comparing a cafeteria to a banquet Um, I think cafeteria Catholicism, it might satisfy our appetite temporarily because it's easy. You know, we, we find our comfort there and we can steer away from all the things that are too hard in a sense to follow. But I think it's not the cafeteria that's going to satisfy us. It's the banquet that's mm. going to satisfy us eternally. So it's trading in temporary comfort, mm. I guess, which is the emptiness that sometimes can be found in cafeteria Fast Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. For what's going to satisfy us eternally, and that's and we're all invited to that seat at the banquet. Yes. And don't, yeah, I don't. One, a friend of mine just like uh, once told me that too many people give away the banquet for a candy. He was American, mm-hmm. and he says that, that they 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 give away like this the feast for the candy, and so just yeah, just keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes understand. And understand that the church loves you, Jesus mm-hmm. loves you, and wants only what is best for you, for your soul. And at the end of the day, it's about becoming a saint. Amen. So once again, thank you so much for joining us for this episode, um, Catholic Influences episode. Um, please join us and we want to hear from you. I just want to say quickly, those of you who want to send us a mystery box, mm-hmm. we have some snail mail. I like the word snail mail. I know you love it. It's P.O. <laughs> box, P.O. box 96, Strathdale, Victoria, 3550, Australia. And if anyone has problems with snails getting in the... Snails, they, they can use the weep hole. Weep, oh, hole. weep holes in their house. We happen to have four weep hole protectors, so let us know. <laughs> Be sure to interact with us on social media as well. So I'm going to rattle these off again. 
Instagram at Catholic Influences, Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Influences, Twitter at Cath Influences. We have a podcast website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. You can email us at podcast at frgministry.com. And if you want to see what we look like when we're doing the podcast, head over to the FRG Ministry YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash FRG Ministry. And did you mention the website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast? I, I think you did. But anyway, Are you, you have all that information there. Even no, too many, too many. <laughs> but thank you once again. Send out, um, make sure you review this podcast. Bring us up in the algorithm. We'd like to reach more people. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. God bless you. And you'll hear from us again next week. Bye. Bye.